0: Good Sunday morning, Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with Dr. David Hilden, and it is another Sunday, and you know what that means in the 7 o'clock hour on WCCO Radio, it means healthy matters, and today we take a special look at uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. We have a special guest coming up after the break, but first, uh, Dr. Hilden, I want to congratulate you, pictures were all over Twitter of you getting that vaccine.
1: Thanks, Rashini. Good morning, everybody. Indeed, I got my vaccine two days ago now. I got it Friday, about 36 hours ago. I feel great. I don't have a single side effect. I don't know any of my colleagues who had any side effects. And it was maybe one of the more celebratory days, if not the most celebratory day at the hospital all year. It was... People were were walking one foot off of the ground. Everybody is so hopeful. So happy to report, all is well with uh, after I got jabbed a couple days ago.
0: You could see that from the different pictures and the announcements coming out of Hennepin Healthcare. And what does this mean now for you? Will you have to have a second dose? Give us that timeline.
1: Yes, we still will get a second dose. What we've done is we received about a little over 1,900, almost 2,000 doses, and we're going to be getting um, more in the coming week, at least that's the plan. And uh, there's about six to 7,000 employees at Hennepin, and so we are prioritizing those who are working with COVID patients. So it, there, there's a there's a prioritization list even within the list of of healthcare workers. And this vaccine from uh, Pfizer, BioNTech, BioNTech is the company in Germany that developed it. That, uh, uh, that one requires another one in about three weeks. Well, not about three weeks, in exactly three weeks. And so I'll be getting my next one then. The other vaccine made by Moderna also requires a second dose. And so what we're going to do today on the show is, um, I, this is a hot topic for people. And so we've, I've uh, invited my colleague, Dr. Caitlin Eccles radke She is um, uh, an infection, uh, infectious disease doctor. But she is also heading up our infection prevention program. And so she's uh, she's been busy with the vaccines. And we're going to answer all of listener questions today about that vaccine.
0: Right. I want to remind people phone and text lines are open 651 989 9226. And both doctors can answer those questions for you because this is also a real crucial time in the fight against COVID. Dr. Hilton, in that we want people to understand what's going on. We want people to be safe, of course, but also understand there's a little bit of a schedule or a timeline. We talked about this a little last week. We'll get into it more today, but really a timeline on how this vaccine will get out there, correct?
1: That's right. Um, And, you know, the vaccine is is what we're calling it at the hospital. Everyone's using the hashtag, our best shot, because it really is our best shot to get out of this. Pandemic. This is how it ends. This is how this pandemic ends. But it doesn't end today or tomorrow or the next day. We can't change one thing about what we're doing in our lives for a while yet. Uh, it. Um, we still have to do the three Ws of watching your distance, wearing your masks, and watching uh, and uh, washing your hands. We still have to keep doing those things for the foreseeable future for for months. But. But um, as this vaccine gets rolled out, this is how we protect our communities. And so, at the hospital, we most people are not talking about about their own health when they get this vaccine. When we've done video interviews and, and, uh, and quotes from our healthcare staff, many say, "Yes, I want to protect myself." But almost all say something to the effect of, I'm getting this vaccine so I can see my family again. And so I can go back to the gym and so I can um, go out to a restaurant again. So I'm doing this for other people. And that's sort of the, the the. it's really team building at our hospital. It's really community building to know that we're all rolling up our sleeves for a common good. And that that common good will be the end of this pandemic in the coming months.
0: Well, it's great to have you explain it to us that way. You are listening to Healthy Matters on News Talk 830 at WCCO. Dr. Hilden and I will be back after the break with our special guest phone and text lines are open. We're talking COVID and COVID vaccine today. 651-989-9226. Happy holiday.
2: Happy holidays. Happy holiday, Happy holiday week, holiday, Rashini Rajkumar holiday, with you, along with your host of Healthy Matters, Dr. David Hilden, and of course, Healthy Matters brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare. We have a very serious topic today, the COVID-19 vaccine. Phone and text lines are open. Dr. Hilden, why don't you introduce our special guest?
3: Thank you, Rashini. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am pleased to welcome Dr. Caitlin Eccles-Radke. She is an infectious disease doctor that I've known for many years. She did her training um, at medical school at Creighton University in Omaha. She did her residency in internal medicine here at Hennepin Healthcare, HCMC in downtown Minneapolis. That's where I met her. And she's been on our faculty at uh, Hennepin and the Medical School at Minnesota since then. She also, though, importantly, this year, she is heading up our infection prevention program at the hospital, which means she knows all things vaccine. In fact, when you get your vaccine at Hennepin, which I just did a couple of days ago, her name is all over it. So uh, uh, so first of all, doctor Eccles Echols-Radke, welcome to the show. Glad you could be here.
4: Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. It's been a while. The dynamic. It has been a- to be here to talk about this topic because everyone's really excited about it.
3: I know it's actually a happy time. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Quarter million people, sadly, uh, um, got got this virus just in one day this week. But we have some hope. Can you tell us, Caitlin? Just give us the the high level view of how the vaccine rollout has gone so far.
4: Um, it's been a lot of work. You know, the FDA approved the first vaccine under emergency use, uh, the Pfizer vaccine on, I think the 11th. So Friday, a week ago. Um, and we've been, we had a lot of stuff in place, but we've been gearing up over the last week because we knew the shipment was coming this week to really get it out and into everyone's arms. It's taken massive amounts of planning and coordination and, you know, paperwork and reviewing documents and everything, but it is, so exciting and worth every ounce of the hard work to get it into people's arms.
3: It has been. And I have never, I was t- saying earlier at the top of the show how exciting it is to see our healthcare workers getting their vaccine. And not only that, you know, it's a little bit of a moment for healthcare workers online and on social media. I, I would, if uh, listeners, if you want to get a glimpse into what healthcare workers and doctors and others and nurses are thinking, follow a bunch of them on Twitter go to mine, go to Dr. David Hilden if you want, Um, uh, go to Hennepin Healthcare and see what is going on out there. Nationwide, they are putting their pictures of their arms rolled up. And it's sort of this national um, uh, week of celebration among healthcare workers. And uh, that is just how much of a game changer we're hoping that this thing will be. So Caitlin, do we have enough vaccine? Let's just start with that simple question.
4: Well, I think we will. Um, It's, you know, everything's in production and manufacturing. Um, We got a shipment of just under 2,000 doses for the first round, and we'll get about the same uh, midweek this week. So, you know, we're using it as quickly as we're getting it and trying to get everyone vaccinated who qualifies uh, within our tiering system and who wants it. So I think we will. But, you know, for the general population and everyone, it will just take time.
3: It will take time. And um, so, how are you prioritizing within healthcare systems?
4: That's a great question. So, we are following the Minnesota Department of Health guidance. They put out a document that basically says all people in healthcare are what they call pri- uh, Tier 1A, but within that, they break it down into first, second, and third priority. So, of course, anyone who is seeing COVID patients on a regular basis. So that includes the emergency room, you know, paramedics, uh, viral screening clinics, uh, consultants in the hospital, ICU doctors and nurses. Um, But in addition to that, it really includes anyone working on those high-risk units. So you know, interpreter services, if they're in-house, uh, environmental services, the people who clean the rooms after COVID patients are there or on a daily basis, you know, they are all prioritized in the first group. And then so on after that, based on based on people's level of risk and exposure.
3: Yes, on our, our first day of vaccination last Friday, two days ago, we had an event where five people got their vaccines first. And the very first person At Hennepin Healthcare to get the vaccine was a gentleman who works in environmental services, um, uh, the the staff that cleans the building. He was first, and then there was a registered nurse from the ICU, and then there was one of our outstanding paramedics. And then there was an interpreter, a Spanish interpreter from our organization, because they are right in the rooms, the, the folks who interpret for us. And then there was one of our physician colleagues, Dr. Shirley Z, she got, she was the first physician to get it. So we, I very much like that, is that within healthcare, we're all part of the healthcare team. It's not just the doctors, it's not just the nurses. So many times we talk about how how, how hard they're working, the doctors and nurses, and that's true, they are. But all those other professionals, the interpreters are there every day in those rooms. And it's just, it was so great to see all the people getting that vaccine. Um, so what, what I think we're going to do now, Caitlin, because people get to listen to me every week or they have to listen to me every week, but I want to hear from you and I want to hear from listeners. Rashini, would this be a good time to go to take some listener calls?
2: Yes, Dr. Hilden. We already have several calls and loads of texts reminding people, I promise we'll get to your call. We'll try to get to your text. 651-989-9226. Susie is on the line from Venice, Florida. Good morning. Good morning, Susie. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. I am in the, uh, the third tier of the first
0: group, and my question um, has to do with the anaphylaxis reactions that have been documented with the Pfizer vaccine. Is this for any, any anaphylaxic reaction that a person has had not to food or environment or allergies? I had a reaction to a bee sting in 1971 that almost killed me would this be something that I'd have to stay away from Pfizer? It hasn't been mentioned before.
4: That's a good question. Uh, Pfizer did a really nice job of breaking down uh, different types of reactions. So the people who really should not get the vaccine are anyone who either had a reaction to the first dose and then they shouldn't get the second, or um, people who have a reaction to any of the ingredients in it. And you can find that list online. And one of the sort of interesting ones is, is something called polyethylene glycol, which is in um, Miralax, which isn't actually like a laxative drug, but um, but most people had other um, reactions or anaphylaxis to things like bee stings or foods. You shouldn't have any trouble getting getting the vaccine.
3: So, so Caitlin, so just a clarification on that: the it wasn't a, it was an ingredient in the vaccine, and it was literally an, a laxative ingredient. Is that correct?
4: Y- that's correct. Interestingly.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's really helpful to know just because you carry around an EpiPen for your bee stings doesn't mean you can't get this vaccine. Is that also correct?
4: That's correct. And I think the other key point I would make is, you know, this is new and there haven't been a lot of significant reactions to it. Um, but that doesn't mean they're Weren't any. And so we do ask people who have had any sort of uh, reaction to a different vaccine or an injectable therapy um, to note that ahead of time, or even foods and other things to note that ahead of time um, and have that conversation with the people vaccinating because there are opportunities, at least at Hennepin Healthcare, what we've been doing is taking names and talking to those people who have concern or a history of, of a severe reaction. And actually working with our allergists on site to consider skin testing if needed ahead of time to make sure people are safe or getting their vaccine, um, you know, under strict monitoring and being watched, uh, you know, by the allergist um, or by a team of people. So, you know, I think it's worth working with your healthcare system and
2: asking those questions because
4: people are putting uh, safety measures in place.
1: All right.
2: We have oh. lots of texts and questions, Dr. Hilden, doctor, the doctors today. Why don't we take a real quick break here so we can get in. We've got some calls coming in, lots of texts. Again, reminding people, we'll definitely get to your calls, 651-989-9226, and we'll do our best on Healthy Matters today to get to your texts. We'll be right back. We are back on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden, we are taking your call, 651-989-9226. Dr. Hilden, would you like to reintroduce our guest today?
3: Thanks, Rashini. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're talking to my friend and colleague, Dr. Caitlin Eccles Radke. Dr. Eccles Radke is an infectious disease specialist and heads up our infection prevention program. And we're talking all things uh, COVID vaccine. She's the one to answer your questions. I do want if you want to know what it looks like to get this thing, go to my Twitter feed, DR David Hilden. It's all one word, Dr. David Hilden. DR David Hilden. You can see a picture of me getting my vaccine from Gloria. Gloria was one of our outstanding nurses who gave vaccines all day on Friday. You can see my arm getting jabbed, and I did just fine, everybody. DR David Hilden on Twitter. Let's go to the phones and the texts and have Dr. Eccles Radke inform us this morning.
2: All right, all the phone lines are lit up. We'll go to Tom in Maple Grove. Good morning, Tom.
5: Uh, good morning. This is for uh, Dr. Caitlin, uh, infectious diseases. I know you mentioned earlier about allergies or reactions to the vaccine. One of the and we talked about beef stings and sounds like hennepin is absolutely prepared with the allergist on board and everybody else and probably resuscitation units. But to my understanding, one of the components or elements of the vaccine is horseshoe crab blood as being of highly effective antibacterial that's been incorporated into the COVID-19. So if somebody may have a shellfish allergy, okay, and not be aware of it, there is a component in there that could cause a reaction, and I have not heard that much about it. So if you could elaborate, and if it's nothing but an illusion, say so. Thank you.
4: That's a great question, um, and one I haven't heard yet. So you're right. People aren't talking about it much. Horseshoe crab blood is used in a lot of different, both medications, vaccines, et cetera, like you said, as an antibacterial agent, if you will. Um, and in general, people who have shellfish allergies routinely can get these medicines. Um, I think it's in a lot more things than we actually really know about, um, but it is worth just talking to your doctor if you have had that allergy or have any concerns just to make sure that, you know, you're monitored a little more closely. I will say, though, in response to that, um, even across the U.S. and other countries that have approved the Pfizer vaccine before, the amount of people who have allergies to things but have gotten the vaccine so far and done well is, is quite high. There's very few reports of anyone who had a severe reaction to the Pfizer vaccine so far.
2: All right. John is on the line from Minnetonka. Good morning, John.
0: Yes, I have two questions regarding access to the vaccine. The first one being Is there going to be a state residency qualification? What's to stop people from going to states that have a larger supply with these asymmetric distribution aspects uh, to go over and take their supplies that are meant for their residents? And secondly, how do you vet for people with pre existing conditions that the veracity of those claims to go up the ladder to a higher priority? If they can't be visualized, like overweight and obesity, uh, if they claim they have a oh, an immune deficiency or any other uh, thing that can't be vetted easily, how are you going to uh, clear that to, to make sure that they're uh, projecting exactly what their true condition is?
4: That's that's a good question, and I think some of that we are sorting out as we go, and we being both healthcare systems and the Minnesota Department of Health. Um, so obviously, people who are looped into a healthcare system and have a doctor or have seen providers and have a list of you know, medical conditions will, will be sought out and told, you know, you're, you're kind of in this next tier. How that works for people who get vaccines at places like CVS and Walgreens as those, as those start to roll out down the line um, is yet to be, yet to be sorted out or I haven't heard anything yet from the Department of Health about that. So that's a great question.
2: Okay, well, we have plenty of text. So let's go to the text screen. Uh, Dr. Hilden and uh, Dr. Eccles-Rackley, we're getting questions about the virus popping up in different strains in different uh, parts of the world. One person says, what do you know about the new COVID strain reported from the UK?
3: Here's what I know. Um, So this COVID virus which is called SARS-CoV-2, if you're a real kind of nerdy person, the name of it is SARS-CoV-2. This coronavirus is relatively stable. That is what has made it possible, or one of the reasons it's made it possible, to develop this RNA vaccine, because it's relatively stable. There is some news coming out of uh, the UK uh, about a variant. And that is something we're going to just have to keep a very close eye on, because right now, we don't know. We don't know um, if that variant is going to be covered by this vaccine or not. It could well be. It it very much well could well be. Um, but we'll have to that that uh, we'll have to wait to be seen. That is one of the reasons you get a flu shot every year. It's because the flu virus, which is a different virus from coronavirus, the flu virus mutates and it, it's it's always a step or two ahead of us. So we'll keep uh, we'll keep our eye on that one, out of the UK. I'm hopeful that it won't make all the difference in the world. Uh, But we, I guess more remains to be seen on that. This RNA virus that the Pfizer, BioNTech and the Moderna vaccines, they use messenger RNA. I, if people are wondering no, it does not change the d- genetic material in your own body that 's a firm no. Um, people have asked that it is not it 's only injecting the recipe to make a portion of the coronavirus it doesn 't even make the whole virus, so it does not alter your own genetic material. People can be um, feel good about that but it, it only uh, targets a certain part of this coronavirus. So we're hopeful that it won't mutate very much and it'll be stable and the vaccine will be good for a long time to come, but more to, more to come on that.
2: Okay, doctors, we've got some calls and texts. Let's take one quick text and a call before we have to go to break. This listener says, hello, this is Randy. I'm wondering if we know much about how long this vaccine will last in a person Will we need to get this each year.
4: That's a great question, Randy. You know, we don't know. And I think some of the initial stuff I've been seeing is saying that this may be good for life or for years, um, but we just don't really know yet because this still, I mean, I think we were saying back in March, April, this is a new virus. We're learning as we go. And the same goes with the vaccines. So, um, you know, tons of stuff is being studied and we'll continue to learn as we move forward whether this will be something we need a booster for at some point in time or we're good to go. We just don't know yet.
2: Okay. We've got Ken back. Ken, thanks for sticking with us. He's on the line from Blaine.
1: Good morning. Uh, I have a couple quick questions. Uh, I'm going to be 75 uh, in January and I'm wondering where uh, the age group uh, People will fall in line as far as uh, priorities. And the second question I have is uh, I understand that Minnesota was shortchanged on their uh, virus that they got. And I also have seen in the paper that many states were shortchanged. And yet Pfizer is saying, oh, if we have a whole warehouse full of uh, vaccine, I don't understand. But who's in charge here as far as the confusion is going to really uh, upset a lot of people and really wonder what's going on?
4: Those are both great questions. So to answer your first one about age, um, once we start vaccinating the public, uh, people with high-risk medical conditions or age over 65 will be higher priority um, versus others in the community. Um, And when when that will be, you know, we're constantly getting shipments and trying to get groups vaccinated per their priority groups. So you'll probably know shortly before when that's going to be because everything is moving so fast. To answer your second question about the shipment, we, we are getting a less uh, lower number of uh, vaccines than we initially had anticipated. It sounds to me the most recent updates I've heard is that there was just a miscommunication between Operation Warp Speed um, and the Pfizer companies. You're correct. Pfizer has a lot of vaccine ready to go. Um, they just needed the word on where to send things uh, from the federal government, and they're sorting that out right now.
3: If I could jump in on that, um, Dr. Radke. So this is, it it reminds me how important logistics are. Um, And so who coordinates this? Who owns all this? This is our, our, the logistics people at the national level. That's who coordinates it. So hats off to those who are doing that. Um, I do uh, do agree with you that we're not going to get quite as many as we thought, but I I don't want that to discourage people. They're going to come in a relatively short period of time.
4: And All here, right, can well, I make one, one quick comment about that, too? You know, interestingly, the vials were thought to have five doses each of vaccine for five people. And what they found is that most of them have a sixth and sometimes a seventh. And so even though we think we're getting a certain amount, we actually are getting a little bit more, which is pretty exciting. So we'll get there.
2: All right. Lots of great questions from listeners today. The phone lines will remain open for our remaining time with the doctors. 651-989-9226. Ooh, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Christmas comes this time We are back on Healthy Matters, Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden, and our special guest, Dr. Caitlin Eccles ratke We are talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. You can get your calls in in these last few minutes, 651-989-9226. Doctors, lots of wonderful questions coming in. Here's a real quick one. When will people in dentistry get vaccinated? That's a
4: great question. Uh, Dental providers, since they are seeing patients and working in their mouths, are are high priority. I think they fit into the 1A group and our third priority within that group. So dental providers not affiliated with a big healthcare system should work with MDH to figure out timing of that.
2: Another person says, what's the difference between RNA and DNA? Should we be concerned with the COVID vaccine, which changes the RNA in our body? Uh, The difference
4: is really on a kind of molecular genetic level, and I won't get into those details, but um, no, you shouldn't be concerned. All that this vaccine does is create a protein uh, called the spike protein in your body, uh, similar to the COVID virus's protein, and it just stimulates your immune system to work, but it won't harm you and it won't change your DNA or your RNA or your genetic
5: material.
2: Okay, phone lines have lit up, so let's try to get to everyone before we have to say goodbye to our special guest. Larry is on the line from Maple Lake. Hello, Larry. Hi. Uh, this is uh, Caitlin Eccles, doctor. I would um,
1: like to say that I'm a doctor in a community where I have to give people some accurate information. Where can I find the best place to get a myth versus fact?
3: Because that can I answer? What people are talking about.
2: Go ahead, Dr. Hill. Yeah,
3: yeah, Larry, two places, hennepinhealthcare.org. We have a COVID site that is reliable. Um, I I will vouch for that, hennepinhealthcare.org, or I would go to the Minnesota Department of Health. I would also vouch that that's reliable. Um, Those two sites, hennepinhealthcare.org, Minnesota Department of Health.
2: All right, and Becky's on the line from Wisconsin. Good morning, Becky. Good morning. My question is,
0: if someone has had, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, Gillian Bray, syndrome, uh, the French polio, if they still can have this um, COVID shot? That's a great question.
4: um, Anyone who has had Guillain-Barre syndrome related to a vaccine is considered a, a severe reaction. It's not anaphylaxis, but it's still, you know, severe. And so it's worth having a conversation with your doctor. We haven't seen excessive amounts of that or any big red flags or concerns with the new COVID vaccine from Pfizer. Um, and of course there'll be more vaccine companies, uh, putting out products soon. Um, so it's worth a discussion, but I don't think it's an absolute contraindication to getting it.
2: Okay. Some really great questions coming in. Thank you, Dr. Eccles Radke for being with us today. Elroy is on the line from New Ulm.
0: Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thanks for calling. Yes. You just answered my question regarding Guillain-Barre, um, so I will I will check with my physician and uh, go from there. Thank you.
2: All right, let's uh, let's talk about some. I'm going to sort of group some of these texts that have been coming in, doctors. Before we say goodbye to our special guests today, people concerned about when this gets to the masses. After the first shot, will there be a second held for each individual? Um, are they at the mercy of different facilities on that?
4: Uh, great question. So, you, the State Department is planning, obviously, knowing that people need a second shot. And that now, with the second vaccine by Moderna approved, in addition to the Pfizer vaccine that was approved under emergency use, um, we should be having more and more supply. And there's going to be some specific planning in place because the second shots are timed a little differently, Pfizer being three weeks out, Moderna being four weeks out. Um, and so, I think with That and more companies coming down the pipeline with vaccines, um, the state will sort those details out. But you should be able to get your second shot and they will coordinate the timing and the numbers uh, so people aren't left hanging.
2: All right. Another question. How can we have a vaccine when COVID mutates? Uh, Good question. So. So far, the amount of
4: mutants we have seen or variants is, is minimal compared to, say, viruses like the flu, which change quickly and you require new vaccines every year. Um, I think we'll learn more, though, as we go around what those mutations mean and how the vaccine covers or doesn't cover them. But what I will say is, um, is so far things are looking very promising in terms of the vaccine working quite well.
2: All right, we've got Gene in Buffalo. He may be our last uh, question today with our special guest. Hi there, Gene.
1: Yes, thank you for your program, doctors. Uh, my question is, I'm on Optivo and Zometa for cancer treatment. Is there any conflict of receiving the a vaccine?
0: Well,
4: there, there is not a lot of good data yet around people on immunosuppressive drugs and for having immunosuppressive conditions. In general, what we know is that sometimes the vaccines just don't work quite as well, but because there are so many different immunosuppressive drugs and conditions, it's really worth talking with your oncologist around the specific drugs that you're on and what that means. Uh, We're learning more and more and putting together more guidance uh, for various patient populations around this now, so your doctor should have information soon about that.
2: All right. Some great questions and answers today. Uh, Dr. Hilden, I, uh, I think we're going to say goodbye to our special guest and then uh, you have a couple final thoughts.
3: Thanks, Rashini. Um, Dr. Caitlin Eccles radke who heads infection prevention at Hennepin Healthcare. Caitlin, thank you for being on the show. There's never enough time and there's always a lot of questions. I appreciate so much you getting up on a Sunday morning and, and being with us. And thank you for what you're doing at our organization. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. She's Dr. Caitlin Eccles radke Head of Infection Prevention at Hennepin. So this is a big week in, in COVID care. Uh, and I'm so excited that we are now vaccinating our healthcare workers, and it is only a matter of a few weeks, a few short months, when these vaccines are going to be rolled out to the community. Um, I was looking at the news, and, and we're sort of in a almost like a tale of two worlds. At the hospital, healthcare workers are taking the biggest sigh of relief that they've ever taken this whole year, and then I look at what's going on in the community, and I look at what's happening at restaurants and bars, and I just want to say, um, you you can't have it both ways everybody you can't say thank you to a healthcare worker and then go to a bar unmasked so I want to this is just a plea it is a plea to the community to hang tough for the next couple of months keep washing your hands keep wearing your masks keep keeping your social distance and I think we can get through this together and um, it's just such a happy exciting time so I'm really glad we were able to talk about a, a good news topic this morning.
2: Right. I want to remind people that next week we will have our open lines and I'm sure we'll get more COVID questions. There were probably about 50 texts total today, Dr. Hilden, which is just outstanding. And as I always say, I promise we'll get to you if you call us. We'll try if you text us. But can you please answer this question real quickly? Because it's an important one. This listener says some people insist they've heard that aborted fetal, fetal cells are used in the manufacture of COVID nineteen vaccine. How can we dispel that myth?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know the specifics about this particular vaccine, but um, uh, there are there a lot of technology uses a molecular technology, which is making RNA. Um, I, I can't. Uh, they did not use aborted fetuses for this um for this vaccine that didn't happen i can't say however that uh, that um stem cells weren't used um in the in vaccine development that does happen um, but, uh, uh I, I, probably shouldn't say more about that because I'm simply not knowledgeable enough.
2: Right. Well, it's a, it's a question I thought I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, it's, we need to look into these things, right? And, uh, you, you have a lot of answers, but you also don't have all the answers. And I don't have we, all of them. Yeah, we exactly. appreciate that. You're honest with us real quickly. How can people reach you during the week?
3: Yeah, I want to have you follow me on Twitter. That's DR David Hilden. You can always follow the blog where I occasionally put a little longer form version of some, of what's on my mind. That's uh, uh myhealthymatters.org. myhealthymatters.org. But for sure, go on Twitter. It's DR David Hilden.
2: Right. Lots of great stuff. Dr. Hildren and I will be back next Sunday for another edition of Healthy Matters on News Talk a 3 WCCO. It will be our open line show. We wish you a wonderful holiday week. Thanks as always for your calls and texts, and we'll catch you next Sunday.